Hello and welcome to the next episode of the Estate Agents podcast. I'm joined as ever by Stephen Brown. Good morning, Stephen. Morning, Andy. And possibly roving reporter Luke Sinclair, who uh, is in another hotel this morning. We've had a few audio issues. Hopefully he will be joining. Um, now, we talk a lot in the industry, Stephen, about the laws of reciprocity. Um, we talk about training and development. And today we have a very special guest, famously known for his outlandish ties and even more outrageous shoes. Good morning, Mr. Julian O'Dell. How are you? Good morning, sir. What an intro. Morning, guys. <laughs> morning. Well, I would have carried on by saying marvellous, one of the best trainers in the UK um, and um, an absolute gentleman who is doing an incredible job raising awareness for action with cancer um, and everything he does for Catfest. Um, it's absolutely amazing. So, welcome. Thank you. Really excited to be here. I, 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 uh, obviously, it's uh, bright and early in the morning, and uh, I can't imagine getting out of bed for three better guys than you. So, thanks for having me. That's very kind. And it's the cat fest that we'd like to talk about first, uh, Julian, if we may. Sure. Um, obviously, uh, named after your dear and beautiful wife. Um, who has had her own battles and you've literally raised hundreds of thousands of pounds. Um, talk us through how it began, where it's at and what you're doing this year, please. Yeah, sure. Um, so Catfest began back in 2015 as an idea where we just literally had a garden party to celebrate uh, my wife's uh, successful battle with cancer at that point. Uh, to celebrate house housewarming because we've moved house and also to celebrate selling our estate agency because we were two partners, two of seven partners of Thomas Morris, who still exists under the LSLI banner. And uh, we had the option of staying with the business or leaving and decided that Kat would leave at that time to uh, focus on her health. And I would leave at that time to focus solely on the training and consultancy within the industry. So that's what happened in 2015. It was It was a large garden party. Somebody said at the end, uh, it was a fantastic event and we really ought to do it again. Um, at that point, it wasn't the right thing to say because we were exhausted and, you know, it was all a, a, a bit too much. But we then got lots of feedback along the same lines and somebody said, well, why don't you do it again but charge for it? And then the, the, the germ of the idea grew from there. So in 2016, we did the first what I call Catfest proper, um, where we had 300 uh, visitors all paying money um, and the event went very well and raised uh, about uh, I think about 10, 15 grand, something like that, which was beyond target. Um, and it's grown from there. Last year, uh, we had 400 guests. It's, it's, the capacity is dictated by our garden, to be fair. Um, and although we're surrounded by fields, one or two of which we own, we've decided to sort of keep it uh, at 400 capacity. So it's a small event from a, you know, from a festival perspective, but we raised £52,607, and that gave us a running total of uh, approaching 170 grand. Um, and we're doing it all again this year. And as ever, much like uh, when I was in a state agency, you always want to beat your previous figures. So although if we did it and raised 10, 20, 30 grand, it would be good. But obviously, the focus this year is on beating that 52 and a half grand. Um, and uh, without tempting fate, it's looking on course for reasons which we can come on to. So, uh, yeah, we're very proud of it. Um, it's well supported by the industry. Again, we talk about certain individuals and 
businesses that have um, been brilliant for us. It's, it's the biggest uh, fun party you're ever going to come to. I'm obviously I'm biased, but everyone's got a smile on their face. It's very family friendly, um, fantastic music, and uh, it's unique because you pay your ticket or buy, buy your ticket up front. You rock up on the day, and everything's included. So, uh, food, uh, music, ice cream, coffee, and obviously crucially, crucially for many of our visitors from the estate agent industry. You can drink your body weight in Prosecco or beer if you want to as well. So, And that's all included in the ticket price. So we've stumbled on that formula. Um, it means that people on the day are a little more generous perhaps in buying raffle tickets and bidding on auction lots because they, uh, they turn up on the day. Many of them have forgotten that when they bought their tickets, it's all inclusive. So they go to the bar for their first round of drinks, you know, hold out a £20 note, and the bar starts to put your money away, the drinks are on us. And... So that, that it sort of tends to engender quite a generous spirit amongst the attendees, not only because they're happy they haven't dipped their hand in their pocket on the day, but also because they uh, they drink a little more and that loosens the uh, the purse strings when it comes to buying other things. So, yeah, we're, we're very proud of it. Very, very sneaky. I'd like to talk to you about some of the ways that you, you raise the money, Julian, because actually um, I reached out to you a couple of years back. Um, a very dear friend of mine, Rachel Ellis, was connected with Amy Winehouse, um, and mm-hmm. she uh, she she missed out on on one of your auction lots, um, and you I think very kindly uh, did another sketch for her. That's right. Yeah, that's uh, that's been a really interesting one. So that started, funnily enough, similar time to the inaugural Catfest. Um, as Stephen knows, as a fellow trainer, one of the downsides is that uh, you. Uh, spend a lot of nights in the week away from home and uh, uh, in hotel rooms and of course all, all, all the good stuff on telly in hotel rooms you have to pay for so um, I decided I'd better find some free ways of entertaining myself in hotel rooms and uh, one of those was um, I'd been on holiday in 2015 and someone had left in the villa we rented someone had left an art set you know pads and pencils and I'd done a bit of art back in the school days not nothing you know anything serious particularly but um I, I did a couple of sketches and the friends we were with said, oh, they're really good, Julian, you'll do more of, more of that. And um, I thought, well, okay, interesting. And somebody then said, I forget uh, how it came about, but somebody said, oh, you know, um, you, why don't you draw some famous people and, you know, whatever, somebody suggested that. anyway. So I drew a picture of a guy called Steve Harley, who's, uh, you know, the older members of, of the audience today, they'll know a uh, big singer from the 1970s. Just happened to find a magazine with a picture of him in it and copied that and, you know, did a picture and whatever uh, as I lay on my lounge on holiday and um, put it on social media, as you do. And a mate of mine said, well, I'd like to buy that. I'm a big Steve Harley fan. And I said, well, you can have it you to buy it. And he said, no, I'd like to give you some money for it. I said, well, donate to my charity, to, to the charity we support. He said, OK. So he made a payment. And again, the germ of an idea grew from there. So what I do now and have done for the last three and a half, four years is when I go to hotels is I take my art set with me and I'm not going to lie, I don't do it every time I stay in hotels because sometimes by the time you get there you've got, you know, you're too too tired or you've got other things to do. Um, but when I can, I draw pictures. I've raised about, I kind of thought that might come up in conversation. I was trying to work it out. I think I've probably raised somewhere between 30 and 40 grand um, on that particular discipline or with that particular activity. Um, and yeah, I do remember the Amy Whitehouse one. That meant a lot actually because... Um, I'd auctioned it um, at an exhibition. Um, you kindly drew it to, brought it to the attention of your pal, who's an Amy Winehouse fan. And I think one of the nice things that happened actually is always when people 
who are real fans see a picture and say how good that picture is because I'm still just a budding amateur. So it's nice to get that sort of feedback. And Rachel said, would you do me a picture? We agree the price and job done. So, um, yeah, that's a, it's a really nice way to raise money um, on an ongoing basis. And as I say, it's, it's boosted the, the charity funds that we've raised. And I've just done a commission, funny enough, um, of a dog. And, and it, I mean, it might not sound funny to you, but I tell you what, you know, I'm good at people. I, I've got a very narrow talent, which is pencil drawings of famous people. I think I'm half decent at that, and, and, and the sales sort of back that up. But every now and then someone says, well, could you draw this? Could you draw that? And I, I tend to keep them at arm's length because I really haven't got the confidence. But this guy insisted could I draw a picture of his dog, um, which was very much outside my comfort zone. But anyway, did it and he loved it and paid for it and, you know, job done. So, uh, so maybe there's a new sideline to start drawing people's pets. But it's yes. predominantly famous musicians. The other thing I've developed now is, which no doubt we'll come on to, is um, I get guitars signed by the great and the good of the music industry. So when I'm going for a signing, if I have time, I'll draw a picture of that artist. And obviously with their approval on the day, if they like the picture, they'll sign the picture. So I've got a stock, stock now of drawings of famous musicians um, which have been signed by those musicians, which will go up to auction at Catfest uh, in August as well. So we're, we're hopeful. I've already had some offers on those ahead of time, but uh, uh, that's quite an interesting one. The pictures so far have already been just of the, of the subject, but the fact they're now signed by the subject gives it an added little uh, twist, I think. So just talking about your guitars, I know you're on a mission yeah. to get 100 people signed up. Last yep. time I saw you was somewhere in the mid-70s. Yep. How can our audience help you? Who are you after? Who do you need? Well, it's amazing you should bring that up because, um, yeah, we're so, so again, we, we, we started with um, uh, a, a guitar, a couple of guitars donated to us by a mate of mine in the local pub. He literally came up to me one night and said, look, you know, I'm coming to Catfest, but I've been having to sort out. I'm a guitar collector, um, but I've got some I can spare. You know, if I give you one, you know, would, would it be any good to you? Could you auction it, raffle it, whatever? Somebody else said during the conversation, why don't you try and get it signed? And we got it signed by Brian May, um, which was a, you know, a real coup, obviously. Um, and that meant the again another idea which was well let's see if we can get some more guitars donated or maybe buy the odd one here and there whatever so we had a lot uh, most of them donated we we invested in a couple and um, we're now at 75 signings which has been an absolute labor of love um charging around the countryside and meeting all these musicians in rehearsal rooms or pre-gig or hotels or pubs or you know all sorts of places and um yeah, we've had some pretty big hitters signed. I so say Brian May, Mark Mottfleur, Gary Newman, Ronan Keating, Majeur, the, the Vamps, uh, Stereophonics, Jules Holland, all sorts of decent, um, well-known musos. And to answer your question, um, most of those have been self-generated, but we have had a lot of support from the industry. You know, it's classic who knows who. Um, so Ian White has helped me get a signing. Um, Stephen Hayter, um, he's quite well connected. He works at Glastonbury every year, so he's um, opened the door to one or two opportunities for me. Uh, Stephen Hayter from my home move, you no doubt know Stephen, and, uh, and, and a few others. And just last night, literally, ahead of this podcast, I was just catching up with emails, and I got an email in from a guy called Alex, who I, I, I don't know him from Adam, but he's in the state as you're up in the northeast. And uh, he had um, read an article in the Property Industry Eye that they published last week about Catfest and about hit makers against cancer. 
uh, and our quest to get 100 famous musicians. And he sent me a lovely email saying, saying that he lost his granddad to cancer and his ex-girlfriend had just recently died at the age of 25 from cervical cancer. And you know, he'd obviously got some sad stories, as we all have, uh, about the bastard that is cancer. And uh, he'd like to support us. And he's, he's friendly with a guy called Sam Fender, which, again, some of the younger members of the audience will be perhaps more familiar with, but a very well-thought-of, up-and-coming um, singer. Had a number one album last year, so, you know, obviously a, a decent uh, commercial record. And, and just the sort of person we, we love to have on board because it's, it, it sort of diversifies. We don't want all from the same era. We've got a whole diversity from you know, Craig David and Mel C, the Spice Girls, right back to people from the 60s. I'm seeing a couple of legends from the 60s actually tomorrow. I won't say who they are because I like to sort of leave that until the signing's done. But um, so it, it spans everything. And Sam Fender's very much of the modern day. And this is state agent in the North East. said he's a mate of mine. Let me send him a, t- a text. This was at about midnight last night we were having this uh, interaction. And five minutes later, came back and said, yes, Sam said, yes, we'll, we'll tee up and meet. So that's been an example of how the industry's helped. And obviously going forward, inevitably with this project, a lot of it's about who knows who. And, um, you know, if, you, if anyone listening can introduce me to anyone, the only criteria is that they're a hit maker. So with the greatest of respect, we've had lots of, um, you know, amateur musicians locally have said, oh, I'll sign a guitar for you, which is lovely. And, you know, we appreciate the sentiment, but as a sort of entry criteria, we want somebody that's got some sort of commercial clout and some sort of name so that the guitars themselves have got a commercial value when we come to uh, to get them auctioned. And uh, the one, we did have one signed by Brian May already. He's signing another one for us as it happens, but the one he signed last year went for two and a half grand, uh, all of which went straight to the charity. So, it's a good, you know, it's a good earner. It's great fun. Um, my wife, Kat, who this whole project is about because she's still fighting cancer 10 years down the line. And, you know, the period we're in at the moment is, isn't one of the better ones, I've got to be honest. But um, she's very patient with me because she knows that you know, the, the, the eyes on the prize is to raise as much money to help find cures to stop other people um, having these experiences that we're having with cancer, you know, further down the line, that we can, we can hopefully save, save lives further down the line. And so she does tolerate me charging around meeting the great and the good. Um, yeah. So that's, that's the project. And it's been, you know, been a, a great success. We've got 75. If we can get to a hundred before August, uh, I'll be a happy man. And we're well on track. Fantastic. Well, look, you know, we will um, put the message out there. I'll, I'll send it out to um, my contacts as well. See if anybody knows anybody um, and see what we no, can that's do. That's very kind. That's very kind. And, and, and in terms of Catfest, we've had some great industry report uh, support. We've had estate agents, um, you know, some of our major sponsors are estate agents, drivers in Norris, Elevation in Milton Keynes, Manning State up in Leeds. They've all backed us. Um, We've got suppliers like um, Kerfuffle and Eurolink and Evolve and you know various others of Baptist as well. And we can only make it happen through that support. And what we try to do through the actual um, sponsorship is cover the cost of the event. And we know that every single ticket sale, every guitar that's auctioned, every picture of one that sells, every lot in the auction that gets um, snapped up, you know, literally every penny goes to the the charity and go. And and, and the one thing I would say, without banging on too much. The charity is one we've selected very carefully because it's supported and, and um, led almost to a degree by a consultant who kept Cat well in 2016 when lots of other consultants were shrugging their shoulders saying there's nothing more we can do. He pulled her back from the brink. Um, we were in the last chance saloon in, in May 16. And, uh, you know, obviously she's still today. So we, we, we owe a great debt of gratitude to that guy. Um, it's, it's a charity he's involved in. 
Action Against Cancer is a small charity, but all the money we raise, it's got very low overhead, so all the money, and literally vast percentage of the money goes to the actual sharp end of the research that they do to um, to find cures to save lives in the future. So we're, we're proud to align ourselves with that charity for those reasons. Fantastic, fantastic. Well, look, we will push it. So listeners, um, anything oh, you yeah. can do, um, please, please, please um, support it. I know Julian sends out raffle tickets as well. Um, so support with raffle tickets, try and get along. Don't know, are there any tickets left, Julian? Yeah, there are not many, actually. I was looking last night because I thought that might come up today when we chatted. And I think we're at 321 ticket sales and uh, we have a few helpers and what have you that we have to factor in. So uh, we've probably in reality got maybe 40 to 50 tickets um, still up for grabs. But we've got a lot of the industry uh, coming again, it's well supported. So it's um, it's a good it's not an exclusively an industry day. Um, you know, there are people from the wider public that come, but uh, uh, there'll be a good proportion of the, the great and the good from the uh, the, the property industry. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're looking forward to it. They always have a good time. Fantastic. So if we were to move on now to you being a marvellous, <laughs> exceptional trainer, um, just, <laughs> just to give our listeners some tips. So one of the things that people were always talking about is improving their conversion rates and, um, yep. and achieving a higher fee. Um, yep. what tips can you give to our listeners today, please? Well, obviously, you know, these, these projects or these subjects are, are things we're working on a lot of the time. And, uh, what we're doing with a number of companies at the moment is drilling down into the detail of what they do before, during, and after an appraisal. And it's quite interesting because there's such a disparity across the industry as to what agents do on those three key stages of before, during, and after an appraisal. Um, and uh, as you'll be familiar with, Stephen, you know, the, the better agents, shock horror, uh, with better fees and better conversion rates, do more and do a better job at those three key stages. So we've got a couple of big projects at the moment where we've broken down those stages, uh, those, those three key stages before, during and after um, into a number of um, must do's, if you like. And we've then designed checklists for companies which has led to them having a much greater discipline to get things done to a better standard because the guys that are going out there are much more mindful of certain things that they should be doing to make uh, make themselves successful. And uh, it might sound over the top, but one particular company are running with a checklist which runs to 52 points uh, across those three disciplines. And inevitably, they are seeing the results of that because no longer are the valuers um, just doing their best and working hard and what have you. They've now got a focus. So, for example, um, and, and, and a lot of these things aren't new. It's just the discipline of doing it every time rather than doing some of the time. So one of the big wins with beforehand is, for example, training the non-valuers in the organization to spot and convert and book those appraisals successfully. Now, that might sound very Janet and John to some of your listeners, but again, the variation in quality of that particular um, area of work in estate agents is massive. So, for example, I was with a company the other day who I said to them, guys, you know, you're, you're saying that your appointments aren't always booked to the best possible standard, and sometimes you rock up there and you don't know what you're walking into property wise, or you don't know what you're walking into as far as the client's concerned. Um, the people that are booking your appointments out of interest have some of them. Uh, never been on the valuation and because there was a forest around go up. so yeah actually that's true you know a lot of them have never been on the valuation so i said well the first thing you need to do is take those non-valuers out on valuations 
So two things will happen. First of all, they'll understand why you need certain information and how you make it, use of it once you're at the appointment. But secondly, you will then, through osmosis, those, those non-values will pick up sound bites that you're using in the front room, which help you win instructions. They will be able to adopt those sound bites and those little approaches what have you, to get you through the door in the first place. Well, of course, that's been a big win for companies where we've done that. There is a skill gap, I think, between sometimes between values and non-values in terms of that particular discipline. Of um, you know, For example, if you've got a, a, an applicant you're dealing with as a non-valuer, um, you know, you're, you're based in the office, you're, you're dealing with an applicant who's got a local house to sell and you try and get a valuation from them, you, you might well get the response, well, yeah, actually, I'm okay, I'm on the market with Blogs & Co. Well, if you haven't got the skill set to explain why your agency is a significantly better bet than Blogs & Co., well, that, that's a brick wall. And so there's a massive training need. Obviously, you know, you and I would say that, wouldn't we? But the training makes a massive difference. Along similar lines beforehand, we're finding a pre-appointment phone call from the valuer goes a huge way to differentiate yourself. Again, I was with a company last week who finally, with a bit of cajoling, are now phoning their clients, landlords and vendors, ahead of the appointment. They're introducing themselves. They're filling the gaps in the, um, perhaps, the, you know, if their colleague has booked an appointment and it simply says, you know, extended three-bed semi, they're making that call. They're finding out exactly what that extension involves, you know, when it was done, that they're building rapport. They're, one guy said to me, I'm, I'm a convert to this, Julian. I wasn't a fan of this, but I'm now starting the appointments three rungs up the rapport ladder. That was his words, quote, unquote. And I thought that's interesting. You know, he feels that he's got that rapport before he's through the front door because of that pre-appointment phone call. Again, this isn't a new idea, Stephen, as you know, but it's interesting, even with some of the better agents I train, um, if I if I summed up what they're doing on some of these better practice things, some of their valuers will do it some of the time. Whereas again, you and I know the exceptional companies, all of the valuers will do these things all of the time, and that's what makes a difference very often between a good and an exceptional agency. So there's a couple of things there. I mean, there's a whole raft of stuff you can do when you're at the appointment. Um, too much to go into now, but one of the key things would be how the quality of your agenda setting at the beginning of the appointment. Um, again, when we did a project last year with a company where we ultimately got their fees up and their conversion rate up massively beyond the target we'd set, um, one of the weaknesses when we went out with the values in the first instance was they weren't setting decent agendas. It's all a bit woolly. Uh, once we trained them to set and agree with the client a proper agenda for the appointment, um, they took control, the appointments went their way, and obviously ultimately got better results from that. So. You know, huge subject, as you you know, um, but there's just a few things off the top of my head. Also, just on the final note, I would consider very strongly and very very carefully what you deliver to that client and how quickly you deliver to that client after the appointment itself. Uh, again, another agent I've worked with has improved their conversion rate, and they put some of it down to the quality and speed at which they deliver information after the appointment. So. Um, you know, they've, they've upped their game in terms of the quality. I'll give you one instance, for instance on that. Um, they have always measured up at valuations. You know, that's a debate for another day. Um, I'm, I'm a believer in that because I think it, it gives you an edge uh, on all sorts of levels. They've, so the fact that they, they measure up at, at their appraisals, what they weren't doing, which they're now doing, is supplying the client with their own property measurements. Now, that might not sound a biggie, but what it um, allows the client to do is calibrate their own property against properties they're looking at on the internet, for example. So, you know, to have their own measurements is a really useful thing. Um, it also puts the agent, perhaps arguably, in a slight 
um, a slightly better position going forward because if that client ultimately then finds themselves in a situation where they want to get their house in the market quickly, the perception might be that that agent that's measured up and supplied them with measurements is perhaps the one that's going to get it to market quickest. So that might be the thing that tips them over the finishing line as being the agent that wins the interaction. So lots of reasons for doing it, um, measuring up. That's a debate for another day. But the supply of measurements to the clients has been a new thing for some of the companies I've trained, and they've seen a win from that as well because no other agents are doing it. Brilliant. And actually, you know, a few things there. It is about doing it consistently, um, exceptionally mm-hmm. well. And actually, the five things that you shared... You know, last week we were talking, we have a Troy Malcolm event and one of the things that he spoke about with John McGrath is about keeping everything simple. And actually, Mm -hmm. it's so simple, these points, um, but it's consistently doing it. You know, so taking non-valuers on on appraisals, fantastic. You know, such a simple thing, but it's educating, as you say, the non-valuers as to why it's so important to take the details at the start to help the listeners when they go along you know the the pre-appointment call getting that rapport before they actually enter the front door um you know as you said that guy's three rungs up the ladder as a result of that the small things yeah the agenda setting again you know you taking control of the appraisal um i agree with a follow-up after the appointment i mean it's scary when i go into some agents and literally so tell me about your follow-up and it's well they just chuck it in a filing cabinet um, and that's it, mm-hmm. and they never follow up. So it's not a surprise their conversion rate is um, is very low. And actually, the other, the last one, the supply of the clients with their own property measurements. Again, it's all about being different and standing out. And that's one very simple mm-hmm. way of being different and standing out. So, Julian, yeah. thank you so much for all your tips i don't know what i don't know what happened with andy and luke today i think they had bad wi-fi connections um so they've been in and out of it um but i'm very apologies there Stephen and uh julian we had a tree come down um obviously in the storm recently and um or or actually it was last night and um it's affected the uh being open reach out sorting it so i've tried to do this on um hotspot so apologies to our listeners apologies to julian this is one that i know myself and luke were really keen to uh, to be on um but um storm chiara and the aftermath have affected it so okay so um really grateful for your time julian thank you um loads of value there you know at the estate agent podcast personally i know andy and luke we all wish you massive massive success for um catfest we really admire yeah. what, what you're doing for um, Action Against Cancer. Um, the amount of money you've raised is absolutely phenomenal. Listeners, please, if there's anything we can do um, to help Julian, any um, famous guitarists out there that we can help, um, please get in touch with us. We'll put you in touch with Julian. Get in touch with Julian. If there's anything we can do to help um, with sponsorship, um, please, raffle tickets, anything. It's an amazing cause. Um, Julian and Kat are amazing, amazing people. Um, and it's just absolutely, I'm going to end it, marvellous um, what Julian <laughs> and, and, and Kat are doing. So please, 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 um, if there's anything that you can do to help it. What would also be great as well is to get this message out there far and wide. So, you know, particularly for this episode, if you can share it, 
um, send it out to as many people that you know. Let's, you know, really help Julian and, and try and make a massive, massive difference. And always, if you like it, rate it, review it, give us a five star, put it on Instagram, put it on Facebook, put it on LinkedIn, put it on Twitter, get it out there. Um, and Julian, thank you so, so much. Um, I look forward to reading in Property Industry Eye on your Facebook page that you've absolutely broken your um, target in 2020. So wish you massive, massive, massive success. And thank you for giving up your time this morning. Thank you for having me. I thoroughly enjoyed it and really, really, really appreciate your support, guys. Thank you so much. It means a lot. You're welcome. Have You're a great welcome. Day. Have marvellous. A great, have a great day. <laughs> have a marvellous day, guys. Marvellous. Cheers. Thanks. Bye, Julian.